With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Someone just fucking emailed on FML. <laughs> what did they do? He emails like every week or every other week, this guy Graham, and he's like, hey, Walsh, blah, 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 ecstatic. Your pod popped back up in my feed. Got one of my friends to listen, and he said he liked it, in quotes, but the quieter one either seems drunk all the time, <laughs> slash, <laughs> slash depressed, and it kind of bumps me out. <laughs> it's like I was about on the floor. Like, that's fucking amazing. I love that. That's my. That's how I'm getting through to the world, you, I guess. You're doing whatever. great, dude. Keep it up. Fuck them Fuck all. <laughs> all right. You uh, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, welcome to FML Fiala Milan. This is Walsh. Okay, we're at the fourth and final preseason pod. We'll record next week for game week one, and then the fucking actual season actual starts. Actual, actual. So we're so going to start we with forwards. Forwards kicking it off. We're in the budgetary realm. Um, so we got six, five, and under forwards. Yeah, this six, is five, all, all budget, all punt, all under the radar pod. Yeah, I mean, so one thing I guess, like a little cautionary tale, is we're still a, a good week and a half. We have two more friendlies from all these teams, and the last couple games of friendlies are really when we get a little bit better insight about what managers are thinking for their starting 11s. So when we're going to especially go into the 4-5 defense bracket, I mean, some of the players are a little questionable. Are they going to start? Are they going to be on the bench? Are they preferred or not? Same with some of these midfield shouts that we're going to get into in the sixes, the fives. Even the, the five, five fives. fives, yeah. Yeah, so just take that with a grain of salt because we, are, we, are, we do have a couple more games of information to take in, but it's just you know our thoughts in this moment. Yeah, and the next pod, you know, I think we'll, if any of these guys really stick out, I think we'll probably talk about them in the next pod because we'll probably yeah, sure. have them. Yeah. So we got six five forwards. We have Andre Gray, a little bit of a forgotten man. We have Troy Deeney with Silva. Um, we have Chazzy, Baby Austin at Southampton, Gale and Rondon. I guess we don't need to talk about Rondon. Is anything grabbing you there? <laughs> Thank God we don't have to talk about Rondon, dude. I don't know why. I, I tried to weed out the names. I just like it's a. I mean, he is see Rondon. a guy, and he'll probably. It seems like he's going to still be starting, which is crazy, but. Yeah. I don't know. We don't need to talk about him. Um, I th- we both shouted out Dini. I think in the first preseason pod, you know, he's people forget he's just one season removed from like a very very solid debut season. And both Watford seasons so far in the Prem have just gone basically the same, where they like stabilize by like game week thirty or something, and then they are just on the beach, horrible worst team in the league to end the season. So. They always like leave everyone with a bitter taste in their mouth, but Silva's really good. He seems like a really good manager, and Dini's super nailed captain on pens. I see no reason he won't just bounce back to like high quality fifteen, sixteen Dini type of levels. Yeah, I agree. I think that Silva should make the most of his squad, and Dini has qualities if he's utilized properly and he's fit. So. Wouldn't be a surprise. He's not like sexy, but at He's the 6'5 range, you could do a lot worse than 6'5 yeah. and under than going with Troy Dean. He's the fixtures re- really, really good on bonus, too, always. Yeah, he's always creating chances and shit. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's win- winning headers and this kind of thing. So yeah. I think at 6'5, you could do worse. More risky, I think, would be Austin because realistically, what we've learned from Pellegrino in the preseason game so far is that. He doesn't know what his best attacking front five or four or whatever the fuck is. And. Austin seems like he might be in direct competition with uh, with Gabby Adini. We don't know. Austin was kind of playing off of him in a four two three one four four two kind of thing last game. He's not tailor made for a number ten role, but 
he was kind of getting into the same spaces as Gabby Adini. They weren't really on the same page in that game. I don't know if Pellegrino is going to really commit to playing both of them all the time. You'd think he would maybe want to because they are, they do have goals in them. But for game week one, unless if we get some much clearer indications, both from his team sheets and from what he he's his press conferences before game week one, I think it's maybe a risk too far going with Austin. Yeah, and I, I was on the Austin train last week, and that last preseason friendly really scared me because, yeah, as you said, Austin started up front, and then he got subbed off at half, and Gabby Odini braced after he got subbed off. Like, it's just not feeling safe or good. But I think if we get a clear indication that Austin is probably almost definitely going to be starting you know, in these next two games and press conferences, I think he's by far the best forward in, in this range. Like I said yeah, I in last pod, he has proven basically that he's his goal return rate is that of like an 8.5 guy, 8 or 8.5. He's just uh, is always hurt, and he's not always nailed, so it's hard. Yeah. Now, Austin's a tough one. I think it's a little bit of a wait and see. And then last time in the 6-5 bracket was really Dwight Gale. I mean, Great championship goal scoring for Newcastle last season. He's always done it in the championship. I'm still just in like PTSD of whenever we've played with Pat when he was with Palace and we had him as a lone striker up top. He just couldn't get shots off. He was lightweight. He couldn't win. He was just running into channels hopelessly. I think I'm very much wanting to see what he can do for them because he does look like he's going to be playing as lone forward. I could see him flourishing if if he ever starts if Rafa ever starts Mitrovic as well with him maybe he could play off him but that was with the same with his palace days whenever he was playing off Glenn Murray or he's playing off a bigger striker he was great but at 6-5 on a promoted side who's going to be playing on the counter a lot I don't know I, he's fast and I could see some goals but he doesn't inspire me with a lot of it, confidence it's just so hard for these promoted sides like you look at stats, like, even though we both kind of agree Newcastle's better than your average promoted side, like, the the fall-off is just so extreme from, like, their championship levels to their Premier League levels. Like, it's usually, like, 30 less goals or something like that in their mm-hmm. first year. You know, just that the competition is so much tougher and the service is less frequent and the possession is a lot lower. It's just... I don't know. I don't like starting the season with Gale, but of course he has potential. He just came yeah. off like a billion fucking goals. Yeah. And what do you and think then, about Gray, though? So let's talk about, I think with Gray, we can also talk about Vokes and Barnes. They're all in this yeah. budget bracket. I think Gray, you know, he has shown very bright moments last season. He was in and out of the side. Doesn't seem to be a prototypical Sean Deitch, like, grunt who just yeah. fucking <laughs> grunt runs around like word. a piece of shit and he's act yeah he's, but he's like actually skillful and yeah, fast and kind of good so they did finish the season really strongly with Vokes was putting a bunch of goals in towards the end of last yeah, Vokes season was on and fire at the end of yeah, that he was on fire and, and Barnes was playing well they got Johnny Walters in there so they've got some competition for spots a lot of a lot of grunts that Gray's gonna have to try and shrug aside but I could see a time when Gray maybe emerges as a good option, but I don't think Game Week 1 is really the time to go for it. Yeah, I mean, they have a really, really, really bad start to the season from an attacking standpoint, so there's no chance I'm going near any of them. But yeah, like you said, I mean, we both agree that Gray is just a class above all those other guys. So if Dice just decides to build the team around basically long balls to Vokes or Barnes or whatever... To flick on to Gray, I could see that working, but yeah, there's no. I never considered any of them really, even though yeah. Barnes was my boy at the end of last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it's it's a tough one with Burnley when you look at those fixtures too. If, if you can't rotate them, you know you don't want to start them in those awful away fixtures. You don't want that, yeah. So we look at it at six. I think J Rod is definitely a standout for me. He's been playing a lot in preseason. He didn't move from Southampton to sit on the bench again with Pulis. So Pulis clearly likes him and rates him. He's kind of playing with a four four two with Rondon a lot, and they have a lot of teams that they're playing in the beginning of the season, opening four or five game weeks that are in and around them, where they're going to think that they could go out and play football and score some goals. So I I really like J Rod a lot. I think at six he's a really good value pick, and I think. He could be a little revitalized because he's similar to Austin, where a couple of years back when he's fit and he's playing regularly, he just prints points. Yeah, he he was really good back in the day. I'm lukewarm at best on J Rod though. Like I love him. Wow. 
Yeah, I love him, but I just hate the situation. I hate getting a forward on West Brom. I hate getting a forward just uh, any attacker on West Brom for the most part. But yeah, reverse out of position, J-Rod is just, to me, just makes him so, so much worse because... He was always at his best when, like, he was out of position, mid a mid-playing striker. Right. right, fair. You know, and I just, to me, like, he's the same price as Chadley and Phillips. I mean, I don't know if Chadley's nailed and Phillips is a little banged up, but they're just more settled, really consistent, good mids, whereas, like, I'd rather spend my forward spot on a forward or a 4-5 and go 3-5-2. I don't know. I, sure. I just... I don't like it. And one one big theme I think for this like budget pod is like we talk a lot about flexibility and it's just so tough when you're down in this region to like start the season with J Rod and your whole team is structured that way. It's just like where do you go if he's playing winger and not that involved and they're West Brom and they fucking suck. You know, it's like I don't know, I just don't I don't like it. I don't like a lot of the teams that I'm seeing with J-Rod as starting as their third forward. Okay, that's fair enough. I, I think he, he could surprise some people. I, I kind of like Yeah, him. he has the um, skill. I just It's like, how could you still be starting Rondon? Like, he's just so bad. Well, but I think, like, at the same time, when they're playing these shittier sides, I don't hate him going with the four four two because Rondon's a unit and he can't score. So if he's going to be able to... Suck center backs in, flick on for J Rod. I think they could play off each other nicely. I hate him. Okay, I like J Rod. Uh, I like J Rod. I hate Rondon. Yeah, it's fine. Five five. I think Tammy Abraham's an interesting name. That yeah. it looks like with Yorente and his broken arm or whatever the fuck that. Yeah, he's out for Abraham's, a little bit. He's out for a little bit. At least the opener. So Abraham is at five five. A pretty nailed on option for Swansea, who have some pretty decent fixtures opening doors. Scoring a couple goals in preseason, you know, very young Chelsea Loney scored twenty three <sighs> last season in the championship. Pretty good. Yeah, on the on a mediocre side, I think it's it's a tough one just because again we're talking about flexibility. Have not really spent too much time personally tinkering with players in this bracket, but I think Abraham at five five, and then the other name we're talking about is Okaka, with potentially him starting with Dini. Uh, he kind of had some pretty good games last year, and he's kind of is just. Genius, Stefano. Love him. Yeah, it's a, just a tough one to pigeonhole yourself and put your third striker as a five-five because yeah, that's what I hate about all of these guys. I yeah. mean, like Abraham, it's fun, it's exciting, he's young and everything. The two fixtures that Yorente is like slated to miss are at Southampton and home United. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't fucking great. want Tammy Abraham in those games. Are you kidding me? That's fair. And then that's what do fair. you do after those two weeks? Like, I don't wild know. card. Yeah, you wild card because it's yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> Tammy Abraham, so, you know. So maybe more one for the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely monitor. Who knows? Like, yeah. Urente is very hot and cold. Maybe Abraham like comes alive at some point, but I yeah, just think it's I've, bad starting with him. Yeah, I think in, in summation, looking at the budget forward bracket, is it's very similar to last season where none of the names really stand out, and if you're gonna set your team up to have your third striker in this price range, the guy you pick doesn't fire right away. You don't have loads of backup options to hop onto. I do think Dini is the safest bet of this batch, however unsexy that may seem. I think he's the most likely to just return and trickle, but I don't want him. I don't want Dini on my team. I definitely agree he's the safest, and I think the only potential, you know, like, long-term guy that you're looking at is probably Chaz. He's, well, yeah, I guess so. I just, I don't see a world where West Brom are like regularly putting in goals and he's just returning. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so down on him. I, I love him. Yeah. You hate him. Fuck you. He's playing behind Rondon. Like he's, (laughs) J-Rod. He's fucking, how many times can you withstand owning J-Rod in your team? He crosses it to Rondon, who headers from actually four yards away and just misses the goal. J-Rod, every year. I have him every year. Yeah, I've probably had J-Rod every year at some point. Okay, let's go to mids. So we're looking at Yeah, mids are more interesting, I think. Mids, yeah, 6-5 down to 4-5. So we've got a lot of names here. Start with six five. The few we 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 toted down. We have Morales, Redmond, and Tadic. Um Southampton very in flux as we've been discussing. 
I guess we could also lump Buffal in there at six. It seems like Pellegrino's looking between uh, Tadic, Buffal, Redmond, Gabbiadini, Austin in some sort of order to play in the front four. JWP, I guess, an outside shout there. It's a tough one with Southampton because their fixtures are just extraordinary in the beginning of the season. All of their players are very budget-friendly. They can take up the third and fourth mid spots, the third striker, you know, fourth defender spot, but are any of them going to be good? I don't know. That's the hard part. And are any of them nailed as of right now? Definitely not. Yeah. Um, we need we need more information. We both like Tottage, and out of everyone, other than Chaz Austin, he's the only like one with proven abilities to succeed and be a good FPL option. So you know, if he nails himself and or Chaz Austin nails themselves, I think they're a good pick. I'm not too keen on Redmond or Buffal, though. I like Buffal. Um, coming around on him a little bit. I've been watching a little that's Buffal weird. YouTube back. A little Buffal YouTube back. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, he's, yeah, that's why he's great on YouTube. He's a YouTube he's merchant, great. dude. He's great on YouTube. He's budget Pogba. Uh, <laughs> he does that thing where he holds onto the ball and takes seven touches too many, which is a little bit troublesome. He loves that. But he's skillful, and he's got like a curler, and I think he just needs to get some more reps and some more minutes in the Premier League before he turns out to be a player. I like his skills. I think Redmond is just awful. I mean, he's just all he's he's a shit version of Raheem Sterling. I'll I'll say that. I don't know. I could go to my grave. I feel like I can make a a case for Redmond. Also, I mean, uh, uh, come on, dude. How many how many minutes did he get last year? And how bad? Almost three thousand. He was awful. But you know, the year before he was he was a really good budget option, solid. But in a very small window. Yeah, he runs hot and cold. But that's all I'm saying. Like he was in a. Southampton last year in general, I think, were just like so bad and fucked up going forward that it's like hard for me to take anything as as useful information. Like they were breaking records at how how poor they were scoring at home and all that kind of shit. And I just think like they'll probably even if they're not good, they'll regress to some sort of mean where like you know, he still scored seven goals. If he's starting, he'll you could see that going up to 10. But Alon, he played 3,000 minutes and he scored seven goals. That's as bad as it gets. Playing, He was playing a striker for most of those games, too. Yeah, it's not that's good. That's as bad as it gets. I mean, that's, that's, as bad as you can do. that's as bad as you can go. That's what I mean, though, that a case can be made because the whole team should just improve. There's almost no way that the whole team just doesn't improve and score more goals and all that shit. So That's fair. But at the same time, you can also look at it as like, oh, maybe he's rational and he realizes that Redmond's bad and he just doesn't play him anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. I'm know. not I'm not going near him, but like No, you're fine. I'm, he didn't, I'm being he didn't a score bit from basically, you know, middle late October to early February. And then from March on, you know, he scored four goals. So like, he's he came around a little bit, but okay. he's he's but the di- bottom line is yeah. we're looking at we have a few of these attacking spots. Yeah, we're interested in the manager. Southampton. Yeah, the manager doesn't know who's playing where, and Tadic is one bad game away from being benched. Buffal is one bad game away from being benched. Like that's the problem here, and you want to invest in them because of the fixtures and the overall look of the squad. Give relative to their price, they're a mid, good mid-table team. Should score goals against these bad sides. It's a tough one, but I I do think that Buffal is a little bit under the radar at six. I'm interested, and I like Tadic. So I don't have either of them in my current draft, but I could see a world where I do have one of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's, Buffal uh, well, is definitely a year removed from you know, double-digit goals in France. You know, it's uh, let's not forget. Yeah. And then I want to talk about Kevin a little bit because... Yeah, talk to me about Kevin. We both love Kevin. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'5". It's kind of right where we would have expected him to be. They've got those bad fixtures, and maybe this is one for the future, but I just don't want people to forget about how selfish and how much of a savage Kevin is in (laughs) FPL. When he's playing and starting, he just gets points. He always gets points, no matter what. He's not going to let Baines take a pen. He'll fucking... He's the epitome of selfish, therefore good FPL player. Yeah, I mean, six five is a good price. I mean, that's a pretty cheap price. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I he nails it down, when, he could be good. Yeah, I mean, he could score a goal, chip in with a couple of returns in those tough fixtures, and then we're all going to be sitting on that game week five six wild card, and he's got you know three returns in five games, and we're looking at him because 
he's a flat track bully, Everton are flat track bullies, and if he has an attacking position nailed down, him, Rooney, Class, and these are all going to be names we're going to be very interested in. Um, yep. When Ever- Everton's turn, so. so interesting, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I many mean, Everton's similar to Southampton, where yep. I think, I mean, they're maybe upper, a little bit better. Upper middle tier class with like yeah. budget options. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then let's look at the six. There's a lot of interesting thing this year in, in contrast to years past, I think, is that when you look at the three promoted sides, the best midfield options on the three promoted yeah. sides are priced at six yeah. instead of five, five, which yeah. I think people are kind of not remembering that. They're typically the best. They're they're five five and not six. So I'm talking about we have Ince, uh, Knockert, Richie, and then I guess Kachunga to a lesser extent. Yeah. But they're all priced at six. And when you're looking again, you mentioned it with Gale and Newcastle. We were talking about that before. But when you're looking at the promoted sides, you know you score 20 goals in the championship. Go fuck yourself. When you're a promoted side, you're going to have a hard time in the Premier League. Yep. You're playing on the counter. You've got 30 percent under possession, and it's tough. The, the opportunities are few and far between. You know, Ince has been knocking it in in preseason, but they're playing teams that are below championship. Like, they're playing shitty-ass fucking sides. So I've been seeing Ince in a lot of teams. Uh, Richie also, he's playing on the wing. He's got some set pieces. I'm not – I was a little bit flirting with Richie a week or two ago, but I think I'm pretty stay away from these guys. Yeah, I have Richie now, and, and there's really just one reason why, and it's the Pen15 club. You know, we love guys on pens because it's just like a stat-padding thing. You know, and Richie has – has played decently, kind of underwhelming, but decently well in the Prem before. And you just look at, like, okay, four goals, eight assists. That's not great, and you probably wouldn't buy that. But if you just chalk up, say, three, between three and five more goals on pens, then that's all of a sudden, like, pretty good value on a six million guy is the only reason why I'm, like, pretty interested in Richie. And it's Newcastle, like we said earlier. I think they're just, like, a step ahead of the other promoted sides. But... Yeah, I haven't really even looked at Ins or Kachunga or whatever. I don't know. Okay, well, let's look at Richie then because I think a better comparison for him would be Chadley. Yeah. He had a player, again, in, in the mid to upper mid-tier Premier League side yeah. on pens, proven quality, proven explosive. What do you what do you see in Richie that you want him over Chatters? Um, he's nailed. You th- so you're really concerned about Chadley being oh, nailed? Oh, yeah. All they did this year was add another another attacker in J-Rod. And he wasn't yeah. nailed last year, and he played 60 minutes a game when he did start. So that uh-huh. really, really concerns me from a Chadley perspective. For those reasons? Yeah, and for that reason, I'm out. <laughs> for those reasons. <laughs> Phillips is knocked. Um, yeah. Morrison's knocked. McLean's actually injured. I don't see a ton of competition for Chadley's spot. Yeah, how long is he, Phillips actually out for? Because I know it's he, like... He, He's knocked. I mean, it's precautionary at this stage, but yeah. the season's also two weeks away, and he's had hamstrings and muscle injuries last year, and he yeah, missed that's a lot true. of the game. So, yeah, yeah. I yeah, if Chadley is nailed, then there really is no case for for Richie over Chadley. I don't think. Yeah, I, I do think Chadley is nailed. It seems from preseason, he's been playing a lot of minutes, playing you know consistently. Yeah. It's just what I what was the deal with last season? It was so they fucking had a bust weird. up. I think Chadley, Chadley and Pulis had a bust up. I think they made up over the over the off season and they're back as as good chums. Yeah, that would be nice for us. He's remember how good he was that year on uh, Spurs. Yeah, I mean he's an outstanding fantasy asset. Yeah, he in twenty fourteen, dude, eleven goals, six assists, twenty four hundred minutes. That, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the minimum amount of time. I think, I mean, Chadley's all, I can always try and find reasons to put Chadley in my team. Yeah. He's in my team right now. I love Chadley. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm putting him my in for favorite, right now. I'm he's my favorite feels. six. He's my favorite six, I think, with him and Buffal. I've been toying around with maybe putting both in. It's maybe a little bit too lightweight. You can't start the season with Buffal, dude. Come on. I mean, on. I can do actually whatever the fuck <laughs> I want because it's my, it's my team. Um, I, but another name no, we haven't mentioned dude. is Sh- Sh- Shakiri. I We are another also Shakiri, unabashed Shakiri fanboys. He usually has three worldies a season, is injured for 20 <laughs> games, and Stoker, terrible. But I'm still I'm still interested. I still want him. Their, fi- <laughs> their fixtures are terrible. He's yeah. He's just shaped like a little square man, which makes me like him a lot more. Yeah, he's a he's a worldy only. He's budget Barkley. He's just he'll score no, you a bicycle so kick, much but he'll better than Barkley. Miss every other his shot. FPL like 
stance is just such a like you're you look like Napoleon. Like you're so small, you're overcompensating so much with your posture. Yeah. I mean I can't really see a world where I start the season with Shaq, but <laughs> no, I do no, I do like him. That's that's for sure. Yeah. He's good. He's not he's not in, but he's he's a name we need to mention just for, for posterity because Yeah, game weeks one game through week- eight he's will not score a goal most likely. Unless it's an insane worldie. I guess the but one you know, shout is we have no idea who's on pen for Stoke. Uh, it could yeah. be Shaq since Arnie left. Boyan, if he's in, maybe Boyan actually. Maybe oh Barahino, he misses them a lot, but yeah. he could take them. He could snatch it. But maybe uh, our fucking former, always kind of a friend of the pod, Boyan, wins a wins a role. Actually, finally starts and plays more than like fifteen hundred minutes. If that happens, Boyan is fucking amazing. Yeah, Boyan's the best player in the league. He returns so regularly in like the fewest minutes ever, and is. The pen machine. And he so regularly just doesn't play. Yeah, he just doesn't play. We're going into the Stoke, Stoke cast. Stoke pod. Yeah, Stoke email pod. in all your Potter questions. <laughs> we'll dedicate a pod to them. Um, uh, yeah, I think at least we'll be able to look back game week 10 and be like, oh, remember when we shouted Shakiri like we were talking about putting him in, but we didn't when he's having the fucking blinders? Yeah, that's all we need. Yeah, Boyan scores two pens in game week one. Everyone's going to tweet in like, Oh my fucking god, uh, you Boyan! Talked about Boyan. I, I triple right, captain so, Boyan. Oh my god! <laughs> so the five five. Wait, but we is, didn't talk about Townsend. What's uh, his deal? He's playing reverse out of position. I think he's in a fly zone. Yeah, he is. Yeah, wing back, back, huh? He's, he's a he's a bad he's a bad shot this year. DeBoer. Let's go to the five 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 bracket. Is a whole bunch of mess. There's a fuck fest, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably have one or two names here, like jump out and put in a 170-point season, but um, a few of the names that stand out to me, I think Ryan Fraser's interesting. Definitely. It's going to be a weird thing because they got Stan out, so I think that maybe makes his security of start a little bit better. Stan's always out, too. Yeah, but with, with King and... Defoe. Defoe in there. I don't know where Frazier's going to play. He's, I don't he's know a how, pure, how he's he's a play. pure winger. I mean, I still see that spot. Unless all of a sudden Ibe and Gradle start being good and starting. I, Which they I have see been. his spot pretty pretty safe. But that's the thing is, like, honestly, in my the deepest heart of my hearts, I rate Gradle over Frazier. Not even a remote close. I rate like, Gradle over, like, Mares. 30 times the player. I think Gradle's 30 times the player that Fraser ever could hope to be. I think Gradle's amazing, but I also think Fraser's really, really good. I mean, I'm biased because he subbed on in that Liverpool game and just yeah, fucking and just single-handedly yeah. destroyed everything. Yeah, yeah. but he's no really good, dude. Tough. He draws. He's the only Every guy time. that like he comes the close to Zaha and like pen drawing. He had nine assists for that reason last year. Yeah, he led the league. But he doesn't have a neck, so I'm still very skeptical about that. Yeah, it's a little bit sketchy. I wish he was a bit beefier and wider like Shakiri body, because then he'd be straight in. I don't know. I th- I, th- I like Frazier. Frazier's good. Okay. I think Frazier's Yeah, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't not start with his name for a reason. Yeah, okay. You're bad. Fuck. JWP, I'm, I'm tired of seeing JWP. Dude. Like, he's, he plays too deep. Everyone needs like, set-piece merchant. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people have him in their team. It's it's everything we just said about Southampton times two, because like he's more guys in competition for the same position, and his position is deeper and less attractive. I don't know. It's just yeah, he has all that potential. I just don't. It's hard for me to imagine him just like nailed ninety every week and just like a regular return. He's Tom Carroll for an extra million. Why do you want that? It's pretty true, yeah. But he's a less do, less nailed, even. Yeah, and the, he did, when Pellegrino subbed him on, he did play number 10 last game for a half. And he scored and, and scored. Assisted. I don't know. He's one to monitor. He's but definitely one to monitor. It's, these next two preseason games are massive for teams like Everton and Southampton. Yeah, or in like Newcastle and those kind of guys. Yeah. yeah. So I think John Walter's an interesting one. I don't think they bought him to put him on the bench and play for depth because they don't have a ton of. I don't think he would go if he was going to sit on the bench. Yeah, because he's he's doing that for Stoke, kind of like, am I playing this weekend, Gaffer, or not? You know, so yeah, he's an interesting one of five five. But it's still looking at those Bournemouth fixtures and just how bad they are and how Burnley. bad they are to watch. 
What did I just say? Bournemouth. Hey. Burnley. <laughs> He's just, I don't want. I don't He's the silver fox, though. I know, but I liked him when he had red and white stripes when he's wearing claret and blue. And I like red like, and white stripes. Shit. I like when he's not the oldest person on the pitch, when he's like flanked by Chaz Adam or Crouch in front of him. You know, so he's kind of got like more of a youthful vibe. And yeah, I like I when he's that. on pens, which happens sometimes, yeah, um, yeah. but won't right. happen at Burnley. Um, and then uh, yeah. a little bit Aaron Moy. I'm a little interested in Aaron Moy. Well, yeah, if we're talking Bald about those six, those six million promoted men's, I'm much more interested in Moy and Gross. Yeah. Who just seem you know, that .5 savings. and It's a big savings. Yeah, that's a big – for your like fourth yeah. or fifth mid spot, oh, yeah. that's a it's really huge. big saving. Yeah. That's huge. Because um, you can't see enough in it where like, oh, he's so much better. He's definitely going to be worth .5 more. It's like you're fucking rolling dice anyway. Yeah, you're rolling the dice, and like you like a you like a set piece guy on a promoted side. Like you just think absolutely. of absolutely, yeah. Like their their goal tally, their possession, all that shit is going to be just so drastically lowered that like you kind of want the guys on all those direct and indirect frees because that's going to be a lot of their scoring chances. You know, these are like mini Swansies and mini Burnleys where like you want Siggy and like you know it's not that different uh, thinking. And Gross and Moy are, from all accounts, very classy in those regards. Yeah. And those are 5-5 five, five guys you want. I mean, 6, no. 5-5, five, five, yes. Yeah. Anything else here, 5-5? Five, five? You want to you hit on any of these other lads? I mean, if Alexis goes, give me a Wobi all day. I'll fucking jerk to a Wobi. I love a yep. Wobi. Yep. But, Captain Wobi. But he's not gone, so fuck him. Nope. Um, Damari yep. Gray interests me. They got to get rid of Mara's, right? Well, I don't know. He could start he playing the other flank. Yeah, like he's so much better than Albrighton. Give me a fucking break. Albie with that big nose, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Gray is just good. I I feel like there's nothing he can't do. Like he can cross, he can shoot from range, he's dribble, he's fast as fuck. I don't know. He's kind of he, he's a little bit of he's gonna go on like the Wilf career path. Yeah, if he's nailed, he could be good. But we'll see yeah. about that. And then you know, John Joe, I had a lot of a lot of my preseason tinkerings were with John Joe and you know I eventually went to Richie and I might go from Richie to Chadley but I don't know John Joe's playing deep it's not ideal but he just always returns he's just like it's not it's not ideal it's not great but he he's just a such a he's not holding at all like he has no No. idea how to play defense so like he's basically just his second number 10 and he just creeps up and scores goals and assists and he's on set some set pieces and shit but you can't Voldemort. really, yeah. I just love him, Voldemort. The ghost of Bob Bradley lives on. Yeah. All right. Last name here. I want to talk about Isaac's success. I think that he's someone who could really have a breakout year under Silva. Um, mm. I think he, you know, he was really injured last year. But when we watched him for those few minutes when he was on the pitch, he had a so much pace, so powerful, really strong shot. I think he's someone that could possibly find his feet this year in the Premier League under. Silva's tutelage, he kind of is kind of that young type player that he could put his arm around and really have him take a step forward this year. I'm interested to see how he does. Yeah, they bought him for not like a little bit of money. Like he, yeah. he I remember he came in as like kind of like a top European young prospect. Um, but then he, yeah, as you said, he barely played. So yeah, yeah. yeah I and mean, he's really tricky. He's really fast. I really like the shape of his head. It's like a perfect square. Yep. Um, Great head. So absolutely yeah. great head with that hair. It's yeah, with the head. Yeah, so I like him. Yeah. Okay, and then looking at the fives, I think the one name I do want to just start with is CMD Young. He's he's one of my old flames. From yeah, when he came in from Ajax. Yeah. I think he was priced at seven or seven five or something yeah. like that when he came into the league. Yeah, I had him for like two weeks because I just couldn't stop. And <laughs> another YouTube YouTube fucking. Loved him. So he's in my thoughts. It looks like Raph is giving him a real shot at the number 10. I think he was like injured last year or something, didn't play much, but he's a cut above what Newcastle has on offer in the attacking front, I believe. And he's doing okay in preseason. Newcastle have not been doing that great in preseason, but at 5 0, it's the same kind of thing where I'm looking at him in the five bracket and looking at some guys in the five, five, and six bracket. Do I feel that much co- more confident that for a million more I'm going to get that much more output from a 6-0 midfielder? No, I, I don't. So I think De Jong's an interesting name to monitor if he's going to really nail down that number 10 position. He should have maybe some set pieces off Richie. 
He's really a, a, a creative. Yeah, I mean, he's like out. a he's like a former striker. Like if he nails down that number ten, like it wouldn't surprise me if he's like seven plus goals, which is really fucking good for five yeah, I mean, a, a seven in ten years is within his reach if he stays fit. And for five, I mean, that's a game that's returning every other game. I think that's something he could do. Yeah. So I'm inter- I'm very interested in Dion. I've had him in and out of my team for the past couple weeks. Yeah, it's um, sketchy to start with him, but we'll maybe get more is. information. If he but can, other- if he can start and go like sixty or seventy in these next two games, like that'd be huge for him. Yeah. The other thing I've been toying around with Dion because I'm going with the three five two and putting him as my fifth mid is because he's only five zero. When I downgrade my fifth mid to a five zero, I am able to bump up my fourth and fifth defenders a little bit more. So it gives me a little bit more rotation flexibility and having some more depth and defense to be more of a hybrid three five two four four two, which is an interesting thing. Yeah, and, and he's got, and he's a million and a half cheaper than like the forwards we were just talking about. So you, exactly. that's how you get around that problem. Yeah, I like exactly. that. And they've got Spurs game week one, which is going to be a tough one. But past that, you know, they've got a handful of really nice fixtures. Some fellow, uh, some fellow promoted sides in there with Huddersfield and Brighton game week two and six. Couple home ones against West Ham, Stoke, Swansea. So I think the fixtures for Newcastle do them some some justice yeah. here. Yeah, and yeah, I like DeYoung a lot. You know, I like DeYoung. We talk yeah, about yeah, him. we talk about DeYoung. Yeah, he's what a else? Good what, guy. Are, what are you looking at? Well, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Punchin. So Punchin looks like he's going to be in the ten spot because he can't hold. He just can't play defense like like Milivojevic or or Kabai or anything. So. Or even Ruben Loftus MacArthur, it seems like. yeah. yeah, MacArthur. I, I think Punch and Feels in the three four three is probably going to be up there in the center, pushed up as far forward as any of those central midfielders are going to be. So, I think he's an interesting one. The main problem with Punchin is last year, you know, we had we were at like game week nine or ten, and he was right up there with chances created and everyone else, the league leaders. But he doesn't shoot. He doesn't score goals. He's going to be playing far forward. The fixtures are okay, but is he going to actually get points? I don't have too much confidence there. He's got some indirect set pieces. He's got some corners, and his corners are always good, like flat, good corners. I don't know. I like that's why I'm like yeah. Him it's like is Young he is even, he going to score? Like what's his over under on goals? It's like three. Three, yeah, I, and I would and rather have Milivojevic. I would rather have Milivojevic at the same price, just because he For has pens. set pieces. He has direct set pieces and sure. pens. He's going to score more He'll goals. He'll score more goals. Yeah, that sucks with Punchin. So like there a was a time when Punchin was like a real like attacking scoring number 10, but it seems like those days are just gone. He's old. I mean, he's in 13, he scored seven. In 14, he scored six. Like, yeah, give me a old, fucking six and 10. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's. Yeah, that's those years might be past. And then the four fives, I think we're looking at Tom Carroll, Chalaba, and, and Loftus-Cheek. Those are probably the, the standouts. Yeah, Carroll is just the safest, everything you could possibly ask for in a four five type of guy. He's nailed. He's sort of attacking. He's not terrible. There's not much else you could ask for a guy. Yeah, I think for the for a three four three, I would definitely slot yeah. Tom Carroll in there as choice number one for the four five mid. Yep. I've also seen some teams where going four at the back or, or a four three three or something like that. You could definitely stick two of these four fives in there. I don't hate, I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate that. Um, yeah, yeah Loftus Cheek. Everyone got very excited for when he got transferred, but it does seem like he's playing more of like a holding role or next yeah, to someone deep. Yeah. We just don't know. We just we don't know. know. If he yeah, can eventually pry the number 10 spot from Punchin, he could be real. Yeah. But Because there is definitely a world where we have Punchin on the bench because he's old, and we have Kebai and Milvojevic playing holding, and we have Loftus-Cheek pushed up there as the more central attacking. Yeah, player. it also depends on like um, formation, which like also yeah. seems a little bit unsettled, so it's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to defense because four or five defenders is really somewhere where a lot of us need to figure out those rotations. Well, and yeah, things, four or five so. defenders are fucking starters. So yeah, it's a lot, yeah. lot of guys. They're starters. We're not going to do too many like these three teams rotate well. And you start. We're not doing that. Can, look at you your look at your own season shit. ticker. Yeah. yeah, you can figure that shit out. But we're just going to talk about four or five names that grab us and uh, the teams that they're on and, and where we're looking at. So where do you want to start? Let's just go alphabetical and start with Francis. Uh, do you still have Francis in your side? No, I don't. Um, Adam Smith, Francis, right back, 
very much a little bit of a concern to me. Francis club captain does seem like he's going to get the nod there, but well, I think he also he also played a lot of center back last well, year with Ake in there. I mean, he's Steve Cook's definitely ahead of Francis. I don't think he's going to sniff a game there unless if someone gets injured. But didn't they when Ake was there last season? Didn't they play a lot of three at the back? And it was yeah, like Smith were... Smith Daniels wing backs, and then Cook Francis yeah. Ake because yes, that that did. seems like Ake's best role because. He's an undersized center back. No, not wing back. Just like a left center back, where he can like go forward, and that's what I was thinking. But they haven't. I don't think he's run that out once this preseason. Oh, really? Mm. That's not ideal. I mean, if that's the case, then we're gonna have to do some serious reshufflings because then we've got a couple wing backs in there for for Bournemouth that are cheap as fuck. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I assumed they were thinking with Aki because he was so successful last season. But if he's yeah, not doing I, I was, that in preseason, that's very confusing to me. Yeah, I was thinking that they're going to be like a four four two, four four one one, or whatever. I don't know, some weird shit like that. But we'll have to see about Bournemouth. But Francis a four five. I think Adam Smith was a little bit injured, but I think he just played their most recent friendly, so that's one to monitor. But if Francis, he was really good as right back a couple seasons ago before they moved into center back. I mm-hmm. think possibly in their promoted season. So he can do it at right back, and he had pretty good assist stats and stuff. So I think Francis is someone to monitor, but it's still just it depends on your team formation. And if you need someone who's absolutely absolutely nailed at four or five, I he's, would not. He's not Francis. that. Yep. No. And then we're looking at Brighton. I think Dunk has been very popular at Lewis Dunk. I think he's a card magnet. I'm not sure why he's being picked ahead of Sutner, who should be a pretty good attacking. Sutner is for them. fucking good. Yeah, so I think Sutner's the pick there. I still think Brighton are going to be terrible, and they're going to really struggle for points and for clean sheets. So I'm, I haven't looked at them seriously. But Sutner is an attacking shout that you could look at. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, he scored four goals last year, five assists in, in Bundesliga. He's, he's just a solid veteran. He's been racking up assists since getting there recently. Um, yeah, he's good, but I'm not really there. Okay, what's next? Where are we going after that? Burnley. Um, you know, I've had Heaton in since the very, very beginning, but me is just so solid. He really burned me a lot last year because I just honestly just didn't start him enough. He was just so, like, so many cleans on my bench, and then I'd put him in and he'd score a fucking own goal. He's but got own goals in him. He's got own goals in him, but he's also got cleans and classy left foot in him too, so... You look at their you look at their fixtures and you just see a lot of red. But if you just highlight Two, four, the six. home games, yeah. they're as good as any team outside of the top six at keeping cleans at home. So you see that, and it's just like okay, you find someone to rotate with, and and me's a great pick. Yeah, I think me's a good shout. Um, so Palace only four or five options. Really, James Tompkins is very he's been very unfavored by DeBoer. I don't think he's going to be seeing it much pitch time. Um, it's too bad because I do like him a lot. I really rate him. But given that we're still in for maybe another center back, he's playing Ward. Dan's Dan's very well cemented in the center there. Uh, Riedewald's definitely going to be playing. So yeah. I don't think Tompkins has a spot, unfortunately, because a 4-5 or five, four or five Palace defender would have been nice looking at the opening fixtures and the rotation po- possibilities. But... I don't think it's it's happening for Tompkins. Rip, rip Tompkins. Yeah. Um, Everton only really have two four fives. Also, it's Holgate and Martina who seem to kind of be competing for right back. But I think everyone pretty much agrees that it's going to be Martina, and I think it should be Martina. Holgate's definitely out of position at right back. Um, we we talked about Martina a little bit last pod when we were just talking about Everton because. Their fixtures are just so fucking bad that it's kind of ludicrous to start the season with any of their defenders, even the attacking ones. But, you know, from game week six onwards, Martinez an incredibly good 4-5, assuming he's nailed down the role. Yeah, I think that's going to be one where we're going to look at our game week five, six or whatever, and the fixtures shift. If Martinez has been starting regularly, we're going we're gonna to downgrade one of our premium defenders to Martina to, you know... Free up some funds for an attacker. Um, yeah. Martina, definitely. I think Martina's a good shout. Um, Huddersfield, I don't want to talk about them. Let's go to Leicester. We have Simpsons sitting over there and then in competition with Chilwell. And then they have Wes Morgan deputizing with Huth out. We kind of talked about that a little bit in previous pods. Yeah, why, it's, why, is, why is Simpson 4-5? It seems weird to me. 
I think because they expect him not to start all season. I think I think that is Chilwell's spot. But Chilwell's a left back. Are you sure? Yeah, he is a left back. Liverpool are looking at him at left back. He's like a left back prospect. I mean, maybe he can also play right back, but he is he is a left back as far as I know. Um, it seems well, weird know. to me that Simpson, who's been very nailed the last two seasons, is four five. Man, he's been good. Yeah, he's been super solid. I mean, they flirted I mean, a little bit with three at the back. They fl- they did some three at the back last year. Maybe that moves like Fuchs to center back and um, Chilwell to left wing back or something like that. And I don't know. Maybe Simpson doesn't belong there, but I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering, but as far as I can remember, Simpson is very nailed. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know why I thought Cholo was a right back, but yeah, that's interesting because in that case, Simpson's pretty good. Pretty good value at four. Yeah, I mean, he he played ninety every game, pretty much every game all season. Like I'm looking at his yeah, game I mean, log right now. Like he, there was not he was not benched or rotated or anything. Yeah, I mean, he's not fantastic, but for four or five on Leicester, where you can rotate for Holmes and shit. It's like, pretty fucking good. Players. Yeah. Yeah. All right. They have a Simpsons. they have a brutal start to the season too, though. Yeah, but for four or five rotating, it's okay because they got a couple decent fixtures and some yeah. tough ones. Yeah. All right, I'm in on Simpson. I like that. That's Simpson. A good one. Newcastle have all the four or fives. Uh, Dummett, I think, is club captain. Uh, Lejeune's been good by all accounts preseason. Yedlin, I think, got a little hurt, but Newcastle, another team, four or five, good rotating cog. I think. Yeah, straight up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a good start to the season. That's all you need to say about them. Yeah, yeah I will just Seth, we we warn people about Yedlin, I think already, but it it's worth noting because I see a lot of people with Yedlin in their team that he was rotated even last season. Um, yeah. he's just not that safe. I'd rather get a center back. Okay, okay. Um, Southampton, we have Cedric just coming back into the forefront. I think yesterday or today he came back to training, but he's been on a sabbatical from Confederations Cup or whatever those bullshit nonsense things were over the summer, but. <laughs> Pied, Pied, however you say his name, Pied Piper. Pied. <laughs> he played Pied well. <laughs> he played well in their last preseason game, from what I read in, in recaps. Four or five, I don't know, could get a game or two, but not much there for Southampton, right? Yeah, not much there. Should, it Stoke, should be got, Cedric, yeah. Stoke's interesting. We got Glenner at four or five, and we got Jeff Cameron at four or five. So they got Zuma back, and Butlin's back, Shawcross, Peters in left, so... Could be value there. They've another one with tough, tough opening fixtures. But if you hit them for the right rotation, could be a good four or five option there. Yeah, and Glenner, if he's not injured, which he always is injured, he gets some attacking returns. He gets good bonus and shit. And there's a chance Cameron's playing out of position, holding midfielder, and he was dead for a lot of last year. But he's yeah. he has nailed that spot down before, and could be a thing. Yeah, the thing with Glenn is for as much attacking positions he gets and however many crosses he puts, he really doesn't have any attacking like yeah, good he doesn't have good shits to pedigree. speak of. Yeah. yeah. I mean he's had some seasons where he's had a handful of assists, but it's a while ago, you know. Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. he's old. He's old. Cameron too, I mean Cameron does not do attacking returns. Yeah, so even really, even out of position, it's not that. Yeah, appealing. you'd really be paying for the for the defensive coverage there, which you know, you could do worse. So Stoke four five could be okay. Um, yeah. Swansea, we've kind of kind of hit on a little bit. Yeah, I'm high Naughton. on Swansea. Yeah. yeah, we like Swansea. Naughton in there and, and Federico Fernandez at 4 or 5, both of them. I don't know where Rangel's going to come in, maybe spelling Naughton a little bit, but a couple good 4 or 5 options when Mawson and Olsen are at 5. Um, good good budget routes in. And Watford also, we've got a bunch of center backs there at Watford at 4 or 5. Protal, Britos, uh, Jonas Kabul. We'll have to see who Silva prefers. He did rotate a, a fair amount with Hull, for center backs, but if he's going to go with a three at the back again, we're going to have four or five Watford options, right? Yeah, that's what we're looking for. We're we're kind of praying for a three at the back situation, and then we could get some wing backs too, which would be nice. But I don't know; it's kind of a wait and see. They're they're all very similar. Uh, a lot of card magnets, own goals in them, but they're good, you know. Yeah, they're they're okay. And they're, then I like Bre- of- I guess I like Britos the most out of all of them. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I like Proto. Like his hair. Yeah, his hair is very good. But he had 10 yellows last year. A lot of yellows. The only guy who had more than him is fucking holes. holes. (laughs) Fucking holes. Never again. 14 yellows. Seven cleans. And then last couple guys are in a show. We have Hagazi on West Brom, who should be deputizing for Macaulay. 
And then Ogbana on West Ham's an interesting one. I always have rated Ogbana very high, but it's hard to see him overtaking Font or um, who's the other fucking Winston Reed. If, but they could play three at the back, and then Ogbana could be nailed. Well, Reed is always dead. Also, must be yeah. said. I love Winston Reed. I think he's really, really good. But he's just—he's already kind of hurt. So yeah, Ogbana could get in there be? and be good. And I think Sam and Byram could always get in there. Yeah, Byram injury, sure. Max well, Lockham, I mean, like I mean, they're good backups. Yeah, good, very good backups. Zab's like thirty-three. I don't yeah, know. He'll get hurt. Yeah. He's not yeah. going to play right. every single game. So, Do you want to do goalies? A little four or five goalies? Um, let me look at them and see if I want to do them. It's like it's like every goalie Foster. to every just, team that we just yeah. went into. It's like Foster, Fabianski. Yeah, fucking... I don't really want to do this. It's ev- every team that we just covered has a four or five goalie, basically. For the most part, yeah. Um, I guess Newcastle's an interesting one just because four. it seems Elliot, like yeah. Elliot is nailed at four. He, but he's yeah. only nailed until they buy someone, if they buy someone. The like, yeah. Rafa quotes have been not great regarding Rob Elliott, but they might just not buy someone, and then he's nailed. So uh, most teams now are running a 4-5 or a 5 and with Elliott backup, but I guess there's a shout to just starting with Elliott, right? Yeah, I think it's a big risk. Um, it's a really big risk. It's a really big risk because you're going to have to – Double, One, double take move. a hit. Yeah. You're going to have to double swap or take a hit to just get a player in there, which is not great. Uh, that's kind of a thing where it feels more, it feels safer to just spend the extra 0.5 back there and get a 4-5-4 back up on the same team to make sure that you don't have to spend an early transfer on goalkeeper. Again, you know, thinking about also early early transfers, it's so much more important to spend your early transfers on, on your midfield and your attack when bandwagons become yeah. available and team value skyrockets, players are triple rising, you have more players making transfers from the beginning of the season, more players are interested in the game before you have ghost teams everywhere. So you don't want to be spending transfers on goalkeeper or fourth or fifth defense. So... Limiting the risk there and just getting guys that you could plug and play if someone else gets hurt and not having to spend transfers there, you want to be hopping on and off those fourth midfield bandwagons, your third striker bandwagons. Those spots are where you're going to get the most points and build the most team value game weeks one to six. So yep. I don't love the idea of going solo Elliott. I did play around with it for a little bit. I think it's just too risky. It's exciting, but it's not yeah. smart. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I miss our I miss our four zero goalies from last year though, and I miss Jordi Amat. Like shout out to Jordi Amat, legend of last year. He probably played a combined like sixty games on our teams combined. Fuck Jordi Amat. I miss him, dude. Come on. Check us out at fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlpl. Email us at fmlpl at gmail.com. Join our league, like us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes.